Welcome to the Here to Be podcast, a show that gives you full permission to be, to just be you. I'm your host, Megan, a trauma-informed breathwork facilitator and embodiment coach, empowering you to stop looking outside of yourself for the answers and to lead from your inner wisdom. We're going to get real, we're going to get raw, and probably a little woo-woo. I'm so glad you're here to come with. Hello, beautiful soul. Thank you for tuning in to the Here to Be podcast. And thank you for sharing your energy with me. I I really fully, truly believe in energy transmission and energy exchanges. And so as you are listening to this, whenever you are listening to this, just know that I can feel your energy. And I hope that you can feel mine and sending you light and gratitude for being here. And the cool part about this episode is not only is my energy infused in this, but my guest Lori Ann's is as well. And when I say that her energy is pretty potent and pretty incredible, (laughs) you will just have to listen to hear it. That will be my little teaser. Listen to hear the just gentleness, the power, the wisdom that Lorianne has to share. Lorianne's a somatic practitioner and really speaks into what does that actually mean? It's We speak very early in the beginning of the episode, it, somatic work, somatic experiencing, somatic healing. It's a buzzword right now and for good reason. And also that means that sometimes the the meaning of the word can get lost in translation. It can get lost in in the use and the way that it's being used. And so to have Lorianne actually speak into that, what does that mean? What does that look like? And it's very important for me to be able to, it's it's an honor for me to be able to share voices like Lorianne's and to have a space where she can be amplified and her messages can be felt and heard and experienced because the way that she speaks, the way that she lives, the way that she holds and supports other people is so good. (laughs) I don't want to use words in that way. It's not even the best way to describe it, but it's it's done in a way that is always a gentle reminder to me that I am a human. And I've had human experiences and some of those human experiences aren't fair. Some of those human experiences aren't easy. And so understanding the ways that we show up and the ways that we operate and the ways that our nervous system regulate or are dysregulated isn't, it isn't anything wrong with me, with you. It is it's vital in having grace and compassion and understanding, okay, so how, how do we get to move with this? Maybe move through it, maybe process it, but how do we get to bring some loving awareness to this? And we speak pretty openly. We, we shared our, we, we got a little fired up pre-conversation we shared that between us. So know that there's a little bit of fire, um, as we talked into this before we hit record, but a lot we talked a lot about how in spiritual work in mindset work in 
personal development work, there is a lot of shame and guilt that can come along with the the use and the, the word or the idea of victim mentality. There's a lot of shame and guilt that can come around and honestly, a lot of bypassing and a lot of dismissing that can come around with this idea that, you know, everything happens for a reason and we should just accept that and that should be great. And that there are other ways to look at that. There's other ways to feel into that and to view that and to see that. And not that that's right or wrong or not that maybe that doesn't ring true for you, but also what is what is it, what does it feel like in your body? How does it feel and are there things that maybe you can come to, can look at, can address, can be in before just pushing through that, before pushing past that? It's a conversation we could have talked for hours hours and maybe we will maybe we will and maybe we'll share that with you but for now just know that this human that you get to experience is such a light to me and to countless others and the opportunity to share her with you is truly a pleasure and an honor so open up your ears and hearts and listen to the wisdom that is Lorianne. Welcome back, everybody. I'm so excited that you're here and always a special delight when I get to open up my screen and share. And there's this beautiful smile smiling back over at me. My guest today is Ann, and I'm, I'm, we've already had a really great conversation. <laughs> So whatever comes next, I think I feel it's going to be even better, Lorianne. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so too. We're already kind of fired up. <laughs> yeah, we are. We are. Um, Lorianne, what would you like to share about yourself? What feels good to speak into? Um, it's hard to find a starting point. Um, I, I'd like to start with what I do, Great. which is different than who I am, but let's just start there. Um, I'm a somatic practitioner. I work with breath, with movement, with touch um, to support humans in integrating and resolving certain imprints um, from their early, early life. Mm. So that's, that's what's on my heart. Yeah. Um, two of the things that we did share that we wanted to go into a little bit, it's a perfect segue into that. So thanks for teeing it up so nicely for me. But the Somatic is a word that I think is, it's a buzzword, honestly, and it's also a word for good reason that it's a buzzword. There's a lot of conversation around that. So I would love to, as somebody who is, who does this, who has studied this extensively and and lives this life, what is, what is a somatic experience? What is somatic healing? What does even that word mean? Mm. Yeah, it is a buzzword right now. Um, mm-hmm. It is everywhere. Um, so soma means body. So somatic is, to me, there are many ways to define it. But the way I like to define it is um, the lived in experience, the felt sense experience of being in our bodies. And somatic healing is focused on a bottom up approach. So tuning into what's present in our bodies um, and, and trusting that and following those cycles. Um, yeah, it's, it seems to be everywhere right now. There's nothing new about it. Many lineages have studied um, work that is somatic. That's also important to name. I just feel like we're just now catching up on, the, on a much bigger scale. Yeah, 
Yeah. And thank you for sharing that. I know too, in just all of, um, in a lot of the work that has been spoken about on this podcast or the modalities or the things that I share and that you share, Lorianne, there is that reckoning, uh, recognizing of this, this isn't new. It might be new to us and it might be very new to somebody listening. And that's great. I'm glad that this can be an introduction to that, but also honoring this is, this is lineages of cultures of, of attention, of studying of many, many people to bring this to the surface now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very important to name. Yeah. Another word you spoke into was imprint as you were sharing about what somatic work is or what that experience could be. I would love for you to explain what, what is an imprint and how can we see or feel into what that means for us individually? Mm, Yeah, that's a beautiful question. Um, The way I see it working with early trauma especially is that we have positive and negative imprints so things that we learned um, not only in what was spoken to us but how we were interacted to with and everything um, that happened around us Um, and yeah those imprints are really at the core of our feelings of safety belonging um, am I protected in the world? Are, is there people around me that are looking out for me? Am I loved? Am I received? Um, that feeling of walking into a room and feeling welcome is very much related to the way we're born, literally. And so all of those moments, those really big moments in our really early life have left imprints, good or bad, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. and we get to return to those moments and sometimes repair um, what might have happened, you know? Mm, Yeah. And I think it's a really, it's a, it's a powerful lens in to, we love, or a lot of, a lot of us in this community or in this space in this, you know, we love um, astrology. We love human design. We love personality testing. We love kind of to understand how we are the way we are, why we do the things that we we do. And I think a missing part of that often is talking about our experiences, Mm. what has happened or what is currently happening that has imprinted within us a way that we react, a way that we respond, why we lean towards some of the tendencies that we have or the behaviors that we have. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love astrology. I'm a very <laughs> proud Virgo. <laughs> and anyway, Happy Virgo season as you are stepping you. into your space right now. Thank you. Um, and that being said, I think that, you know, we love labels in, in yeah. this community. We love, you know, finding the the human design and and oh that's why I'm like this and there's something so profoundly validating for people to be like oh that's how I function there is a name to that and it Mm -hmm. can be like such a feeling of being recognized deeply and I think that has tremendous value Um, and that being said I also think that sometimes we get to go a little bit deeper beyond you know our behaviors you know 
usually our personalities are, are a series of behaviors and those behaviors, a lot of them were learned. And sometimes some of them are adaptive strategies that we learn to survive. And some, for some people that can look like making jokes when they're uncomfortable and that seems to be part of their personality. And there might be some adaptation within that. And we get to recognize that and honor that as being part of a way that we learn to be in the world. And I think there's value in, in attaching to the labels if that fits, if that feels supportive. And also we also get to kind of explore and go a little bit deeper. Yeah. Even the way that you're speaking right now. And to be fair, I love, I love all my human design stuff. I love my astrology. Like I'll label myself as an introvert, like through and through, like I'll wear those very proudly. And it is a very validating, it can be a very validating feeling to like, oh, this is, this explains a lot of things. Or like, I have a deeper understanding of myself. It's so powerful. But even in the way that you were speaking into that, Lorianne, was this permissioning. And I, it's one of one of the many, many things that I love so deeply about you. It's just, it always, the way you speak, the language you choose to use, mm-hmm. it comes from a space of in, invitation. Let me ask. And how does that feel for you to receive? And then how would you like to move forward in that? I think that's, that might not be a big part of somatic work. I mean, not like the core, I think that's, I think it, for me, it's a foundational part of that work. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. Um, it is for me too. I, I think that a big part of somatic work and something that resonated with me so deeply is understanding our animal bodies, understanding our responses, you know? And a lot of things that we might see online about um, living in survival mode and how that's bad and we need to change that and fix that. And it's true that it might be a very uncomfortable place to live in. I'm, I'm absolutely not denying that. And, you know, we have those mammal bodies and, and you know, we, those responses of fighting and fleeing, um, they're built in our nervous system and we need them to stay alive. And they're there for a reason. They're not going anywhere. And I think that part of somatic work is recognizing the value in those responses Mm -hmm. and really developing the capacity to notice the responses that arise and when they're absolutely quote unquote justified or they're the right response in the right moment and when they might not be. And to me, having that lens of compassion is a lot more supportive, at least in my personal journey, than finding a lens of shaming myself for having a flight response on a Zoom call. You know, that doesn't help me with anything. And recognizing that it's normal, that my system is sensing a threat, um, is really part of, of really understanding our physiology. Mm, yeah yeah and and you even said too right I might have a flight response on a zoom call it doesn't have to be in this I'm walking in a dark alley and xyz or it it, it very well can be but it also can be these tiny little things day to day that happen that when you open up that awareness and you begin to get curious and I think 
also, I'd love to, for you to share into this too, when you're supported Mm -hmm. in that journey and that trying to do that by yourself, um, that you can start to see, oh, it's also showing up in these little parts of me as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's so important. That's so important. Um, you know, I think that something we learn in biology, um, in, in high school is that, you know, we fight or we flight and that looks like punching or physically running away. And that can look like so many different things. And there's such a range of responses. And the more we do this work and the more we develop our capacity to notice what's happening in our bodies, the more we can like really tune into the range of responses you know, noticing when, oh, I'm checking out in this moment. Oh, what happened right before I checked out, Mm. you know, or noticing that, you know, I'm, I'm having some tension in my body and I'm doing laundry and walking around my apartment very, very fast, (laughs) which is not a typical flight response of like, I'm, there's a tiger running after me, Mm -hmm. but there is a, an element of flight in there. So we get to really kind of notice it's almost like really discovering all the flavors and what that feels like in our bodies and what's the felt sense of each response and noticing what we've coupled together you know oh when there's this sense of urgency for me in my body I get tension in my back in a very specific way and noticing that brings so much more awareness into how we can support ourselves And that leads me to really the second part of your question, which is, you know, I believe so deeply that we need support on that journey. And it it hurts my heart a little bit sometimes when I see so many practices on social media that are somatic practices that are made to be you know, the self-healing movement, Um, I see the value, I understand the appeal, and I have nothing against it. Um, And I believe that for a lot of us who might not have had um, the support that we needed when we were growing up, who who might not have a secure attachment, um, usually we need a very regulated system to sit with us as we do that exploration. So if I start feeling overwhelmed as I do a practice or as I tune into a sensation, there's somebody there that physiologically and in the resonance of the space that we share is letting me know that I'm safe. Mm -hmm. And there's so much value in that. And that really changes our physiology so deeply we're, we're humans. We're meant to be in connection first and foremost. And also I understand if that wasn't your, if that wasn't a foundation for you, if that wasn't even a a knowing in your body, that that is how it's supposed to be. Of course, we're going to wear that hyper-independence. Of course, Mm. we're going to feel, well, who can hold me? Because I wasn't held when I was supposed to be. And supported when I was supposed to be by the people possibly who were supposed to fill that role. So why would a, a stranger or a practitioner or whoever, it, even if you know them, why would they be able to do that? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's so important to name that, you know, for many people, connection is not safe. 
you know, and I'm really mostly speaking to my avoidant attachment <laughs> people, but you know, a lot of people learn that connection isn't safe yet physiologically, neurobiologically, um, connection is a biological imperative. Like we need to connect. We're wired to connect. And, you know, the important thing is to titrate that connection in a way that feels okay, in a way that does not feel overwhelming to our system. And if I kind of bring the attention on the practitioner for a moment, um, the way I work is based on attachment. And when it comes to the practitioner, there's an aspect of being so grounded in the present and having that security with our client where they might disassociate, they might check out, yet I'm staying here and I got you. And when you come back, I'll, I'll still be here, which for many of us, we haven't had in our childhoods, that sense of like, I can go out and explore. And then when I come back, I can share that with you. Mm. Yeah, that visualization is just almost as if the practitioner is the lighthouse or something that is like, this light will still be here. It's not going anywhere. It's still shining. You go explore, you do in whatever way you need to do. And that's, it's not good or bad in the things that you're feeling and the way that your body is responding. And then you can, in your timeline, come back. Or I can help support you in doing so in a way that feels titrated, in a way that feels safe or maybe a little grounded or present. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And one of the sentences that I tell clients the most is, I believe you, you know, whether they're talking about an experience they had at work and they're like, it was so stressful. And this person said that, and I got so upset and I believe you. Oh yeah, must've been so hard. And that reflection is so important and it's such a big part of development. And for many people who seek support, whether it's through coaching or therapy, they are looking for that connection, that reflection that they might not have had and that need to feel heard in their experience. Just as you, like, I would just really invite anyone listening to go back and pause and just to listen to Lorianne and her energy as she actually shared those words. I believe you. That must have been really hard because it moved through my body and I can feel it in my heart space and in my heart energy of like, I, I didn't even share anything, but there is that the, my energy felt yours and it was an acceptance of truth of like, that's, that's real. Cause I think that people can also this this is a rabbit hole and maybe we'll like circle back and do an episode too about it because this is like I could go forever but I think that is also a reminder is as you are looking for support as you are looking for somebody to help in this spaces not everybody is for you and that's okay that's not a you thing that's none of them thing that's just that's how that is and there are energies there are words that people will speak into you that is, that is so true. And I felt that 100% when you said that, Lorianne, and that those are those little subtleties of like, okay, this is a safe space for me to be. Cause you could also say like, yeah, I believe you. And that must be real hard. And that's a very different energy. And that's a very different, I spewed that out in a way of like, sure, I'll tell you what I'm supposed to say. I'll say all the things, 
But if my energy isn't stable, if my energy isn't centered and in truth in that, whether you're really aware of it or not, you'll pick up on that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And humans are so intelligent, so smart on levels that sometimes they don't even realize or are aware of. And physiologically, we're so wired to pick up on anything that's incongruent. So, you know, we've all had that feeling of walking into a room and we just know somebody was just talking about us. Mm-hmm. And we know exactly how that feels. And it's not a rational cognitive thing. And then there's this incongruence in the air, in the energy. We pick up on different cues. And as practitioners, it's so important to really connect to our words with our systems, like really speaking from our bodies and having that congruence of just like, I I mean what I say. It's not a script because it sounds good, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that too, I think is a space where I share all the time when I lead breath or when I'm talking with my students or clients, like words matter to me. And that's not to, that's, that's not to mean anything more than the things that I say, I really, whether I think about them or whether they drop in quick and come out like more of that intuitive flow, it, it, to me, is really important to be cautious of the things that I say and to notice if the words that I say don't feel good for you, share that, invite that in, or maybe tune that part out. And that can be the words we use a lot. I, I've shared so many times, release and surrender for the longest time were edges mm-hmm. for me. My whole system shut down. I was like, well, then I can't, that's not the word for me. And I can still have that energy or that idea or breathe into that. But if that word doesn't fit, where somebody's words or languaging doesn't fit for you, then you also are a sovereign being that gets to say, I don't even know why I don't like this or why this doesn't feel good, but this isn't for me. Yeah. And there doesn't need to be a why, you know, and we get to be like, oh, that's my preference. And something that I've really tapped into for myself and encouraging my clients is like it's okay to have opinions it's Mm -hmm. okay to have preferences and we don't need to know why (laughs) you know and it's it's great to have practitioners who can honor that oh you don't like the word surrender cool is there a word that would feel better for you is there no word at all is that not something you want to address and that's all good Mm -hmm. because it becomes about them and not about me it's it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. um and, and that need to know why, before we started recording, Lorianne and I got all sorts of heated up <laughs> talking about this idea that is used a lot, words, movements, modalities, a lot of pieces that are used a lot in this understanding of whether it's everything happens for a reason or um I'm blanking on other, you know, like it's all happening for you. It's not happening to you. And that's great if that fits for you. And that's so wonderful if you can hear those words and that rings true to you. But oftentimes that is a space that I believe leads to shame. It leads to guilt. It leads to discord. It leads to thinking that I'm the one that's fucking it up. And that just means that's not for me either. Mm -hmm. And you shared too, you know, we don't always have to know why, Mm. which is so important. (sighs) Yeah. I feel so strongly about this. Um, 
it comes up so much in different parts of the spiritual community, the coaching industry of that comes up a lot in wellness Mm -hmm. and knowing the, everybody knows why people get sick (laughs) and all of these things to me feel very dismissive of what's here. And when it comes to everything happens for a reason, when somebody is in the midst of an experience, that can feel very invalidating to what they're experiencing in this moment. And making meaning of an experience is something that usually comes after we've moved through a lot of the big waves of emotions. Mm -hmm. And we get to decide if we want to make meaning of this thing in the first place. And sometimes it's also just life, (laughs) you know? Sometimes it's also just life that things happen out of our control and something was challenging. And yeah, I think it's important to tune back into what feels right to us. And when we receive that from somebody else, what supports me is remembering that this speaks of their own capacity to hold me in my pain. And that's their way of trying to fix so they're okay. Mm. And that's not a reflection because I, I, you know, I'm very sensitive. For me, it was so easy to go into shame of just like, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to think that it's all happening for a reason. If, If I'm spiritual, I already see that like I'm growing from this. Mm-hmm. but truth is like it rarely feels that way <laughs> at least in my experience and it's, and especially when it comes to like big hardships you know I think you can also have a belief in that if that's if there have been things in my life where I um, I acknowledge and believe like yeah that's probably true there is maybe not even this is you know this is all happening for me or maybe not everything happens for a reason i think that we can i think that there can be opportunity to grow to shift to transform to move through that i think that opens up an opportunity it can i think it 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 opens up an opportunity for us to learn or to connect into self I can also even maybe think maybe this did happen for a reason, but I don't have to like it. And I don't have to Pollyanna it and say like, I guess I'm okay now because everything happened for a reason. So just dismiss it, just move through it and really honestly suppress what actually is physically happening in my body, in my heart, in my mind, in my life in that season. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, I think it's beautiful to notice that we wouldn't be who we are right now if we hadn't had those hardships and those experiences. And we also don't know who we would have been without them. Yeah. So there's a sense of like, I, I'm not really sure if that happened for a reason, but I can be, you know, I can find some gratitude now looking back and in the moment, probably not, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that fits so much too with the the idea or the words of victim mentality and how that is such a it's there tends to be a lot of energy or urgency to oh notice when you're in victim and then get yourself out of it or have somebody get yourself out of it or move past it so quickly and I just think it's bullshit and I don't subscribe to that I think There gets to be a time and space for me when I've had time and space, when I feel safe to say, 
okay, we're still in this pattern. Is this supportive to you? If yes, great. And if no, now what do I get to, how can I, how can I choose to move forward or how can I be supported in moving forward? I just, I don't think it's this awful bad thing that we are really frequently told that it is. Absolutely. And something that comes up for me, just as I'm listening to you, is that often I feel like it becomes this whole blanket of shame that we add onto our experience. Oh, Oh, so I like, I'm upset about this thing. And on top of that, I'm going to shame myself because now I'm a victim and Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to think that I'm not. And, you know, from a nervous system perspective, like often there's like some sort of freeze or collapse that comes with with a thinking that I don't really have an impact or I don't have choice or I'm stuck. And to me, that doesn't relate to being a victim. That's just the state that we're in. And, you know, if we think of it from a polyvagal perspective, it's like going down the ladder. And then once I go into that response, I can move into more of a fight or, you know, mobilizing. Oh, I can take action. And I think there's value in seeing it in that way because shaming a state (laughs) doesn't change the state itself. Um, And on the same, you know, along the same lines, I work with a lot of people with early trauma and that's really, you know, what I've specialized with in and something that is really challenging for me to hear when it comes to the conversation around victimhood is that if we haven't had caregivers who offered us opportunities to choose, I actually have never learned that I get to choose. Mm. If there are things that happen in my early, early years, like a parent's, a parent who's an addict or, you know, those ACEs, those adverse childhood experiences that really shape us for life. Um, if we don't get the support that we need to to move through them. But we never learn in those cases if that wasn't reflected back to us that we actually have a sense of self-efficacy, that I have an impact on my work, that I can make my own decisions, that that I get to choose, that I have agency. And to me, if that's something that I've never learned, that it's just completely out of my awareness because it wasn't in my experience I won't change or I won't learn that by being called a victim Mm -hmm. and I think that as practitioners it can actually be really harmful to use those words Um, I would offer it's like more opportunity to choose how can we support our client and show them that they have agency even in the session, in the smallest of ways, where would you like to sit in the room? Do you like me to be closer to the screen or further away? What feels good to you today? Those Mm -hmm. are all choice points. And the more we support the fact that they get to choose and we listen to what they choose and they have agency, the more we're showing them that, oh, they they have choice. They can use their voice. And to me, that's so different than calling somebody a victim you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and even how you spoke into speaking into the polyvagal theory and then, then we can move into, I think this is something too, that was really eye-opening when I first understood it. It was like, actually then I move into what I think are my 
or what our trauma responses are can frequently be fight, flight, freeze, fawn. It's like, actually, no, I have to move into them for me to move through them and then hopefully out of them. So even coming back full circle to what you said is even that's not a space when we can have grace and compassion of saying, actually, this is the next step for me to move through something that in itself was very, it it allowed me an understanding Mm. to then give, be able to give myself grace. Mm. Yeah, that's so beautiful. And I love that because especially with responses like collapse, I feel like socially, culturally, we're really quick to resist it. And sometimes we need to go into that collapse and naturally we're going to move out of it mm-hmm. and trusting that there's intelligence in those responses. Mm, yeah. That intelligence. I, mm. I love that. That idea. It is the body is so, so wise and the system is so wise and it understands we just haven't learned or haven't known to trust it or never understood or to actually been in our body long enough to trust that that it just gets lost a little bit. So that's, to me, that somatic work. It's actually understanding the language of the body. It's coming back and understanding how, how is this body speaking to me and decoding that a little bit Hmm. and then, and then choosing or having choice or whatever it is from that point on. Yeah. And I think sometimes people hear connecting to the body and they think that it's like this whole big thing that they don't know how to do but you know the more the more we the more I learned about this work the more I realized that it's so natural for us it's so natural for us even in our gestures like even in the way we speak you know I felt small you know, when we say things like that, that says, that's like, that speaks to a feeling, a felt sense of being small and contracted often, you know, and there's this, I feel like this intelligence and this resilience comes, comes through so clearly. And I, you know, I'm really, as I'm saying that I'm really honoring people with different types of experiences that really cut out their relationship with their bodies. Cause that's, I, I, that's protective and that's beautiful, you know, mm-hmm. and there's value in doing that sometimes, you yeah. know, whether it's from different experiences of abuse, whether it's from, you know, chronic pain, um, there's value in that. And we also get to return. And sometimes it, it's returning to the body in like the smallest of ways, like drinking a glass of water and feeling the water in our mouth like Mm -hmm. it can be that small it doesn't have to be like sometimes what we see on tv or online where it's like (laughs) I'm wearing this flowy dress and dancing very seductively and I'm in my body it doesn't have to be like that you know that felt sense of aliveness that comes with just being with what's here it can be in the smallest thing Mm. I would love for as we kind of leave that because I always like to leave people with something Mm. but coming into the body you know you said a drink of water Mm. what are a few other of just these tiny ways that you can notice if you're on this journey to connect back into self or just even to become aware of what's happening within Mm. that's mindfulness that's being present it brings in a ton of this but what are those other really small intangible ways to do that 
Mm. I'm really a big fan of um, support. I feel mm. like a lot of us have a challenging relationship with being supported. And I love exploring, you know, there's my couch behind me right now. And I, I love exploring with people. What would it feel like to, you know, rest your back on the couch mm. and just feel that for a moment? And sometimes it's like, whoa, I can't do this for that long. And it's okay. And we get to just lean into it. What about holding a pillow? I'm a huge fan of hugging practices, hugging a pillow, seeing if that changes anything, sensations, emotions, thoughts, right? Those are all channels of, of the channels that we have to gain awareness. And, you know, we also get to notice something that I love to say, and we get to notice the channels that are easier for us to tap into. For many of us, that's thoughts. It's easier to notice our thoughts, right? Then notice maybe our sensations. And that's beautiful. We have a really strong channel that we're aware of. That's like, oh, that's working really well. That's awesome. And what if we start playing a little bit into those channels of like, what about the images that come up, the movements that want to happen, the emotions that come up and just starting to notice, you know, the different places where that shows up that can start a really beautiful exploration of just like, oh, there's all these ways that, you know, my body is speaking to me. Mm, that multidimensional way for, yeah. for me, for this season of my life, for where I'm at right now, for this experience that I'm feeling or for what I'm feeling. It's not just one dimensional. It's not just one or two options to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Lauriane, I adore you so much. I could... Mm. I could listen to you. I could learn from you. I could be breathed by you all day long and it would never, ever, ever get old. Um, where can people find you? Where would you direct them to, to connect or just to honestly, just continue to learn the things that you share also are really powerful. And I think have a lot of value to them. Yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate you so much. And it means a lot coming from you. Um, so people can find me on Instagram. That's kind of my main hub uh, at Lori A. Briere, B-R-I-E-R-E. And I have everything linked there, website, um, courses, content, um, and all the things, group sessions and one-on-ones, like just it's, it's all in there. Yeah. Mm, thank you so much. I just... Mm truly a pleasure. And, um, I think a big desire of mine reaching out to you and seeing if you would be on this podcast is I just, I believe so strongly in what you do. I believe so strongly in what you stand for. I won't even say what you do, but how, how you move through this world. And I don't know. I think that there's a lot of noise that isn't that, and that's, I'm not going to stand on my soapbox and say that's good or bad. I think that it hits people in different times and seasons in their life. I know that I needed other things that I wouldn't necessarily um, lean into now because that was meeting myself where I was at. But I think that I just, any way that I can amplify more voices like yours and the messages and the way that you share and have people understand there are different, there are different ways to be supported. There are different avenues to do that in a way that's gentle and that's for an individual um, it's really important to me. So thank you for doing that today. Yeah. 
You're so welcome. And we get to remember together that our bodies, our responses, our behaviors, they just, they make sense, you know? Mm. Thank you so much for being here and for listening. I cannot tell you enough how grateful I am for you and that you get to be on this journey with me and we're here together on this wild, this wild ride. If there's something in this episode that landed with you, share it on Instagram, share it with a friend, tag me in. And I want to know, I want to hear about it. I love in the ways that we get to connect. And if you feel called, you can head over and rate and review this podcast. It helps us to grow and share and have other like-minded souls join this community and rise together. Sending you light and love always.